This is not the podcast you're looking for. No. No, this is the podcast that you're looking for. We're reviewing Obi-Wan today. Oh. Then hello there. Talk nerdy to me, baby, where we talk nerdy to you, baby. I was I was trying to think of something Star Wars related. I guess nerdy baby Yoda or Boba, but I like baby Yoda more. Baby Boba? Baby Boba. So another clone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, hello. We're hello. not talking about clones today. Well, not mostly. No? I mean, there are clones in the story, but... Yes. I'm sure. I'm sure there's still a, a couple of clones left over. Anyway, this is derailing quickly. I mean, he does give, like, money to a clone. That's right. That's right, he did. Haha. I almost forgot about that. Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 We're talking Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, the series on Disney+. Plus. In case you had any mystery as to what we're talking about. Yeah. I like this quite a bit. I did, too. It... It was up there with the Mandalorian for me. Yeah, I, I've seen, like, uh, one of the reviews I watched had said it was right there with, like, Mandalorian season, excuse me, season two. Like, right around, like, Mandalorian one and two. It's It was up there. Um, and I agree. I, I really liked this. Me too. I mean, so, you know, there's a whole discussion about the prequels in the Star Wars fandom or whatever. I grew up with the prequels. They're the ones I saw in theaters. I saw them before I saw the original trilogy. I was like the same age as baby Anakin when that movie came out. I liked them a lot. And my favorite thing from prequels was always Obi-Wan. Because Obi-Wan was freaking great. And I can't help it. I like Ewan McGregor. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'll I'll get into one thing about him later. But yeah, he, he was such, he is such a good obi-wan um mm-hmm. and yeah i mean he's always knocked it out of the park um i'm pretty sure i talked about this in a much older episode in our star wars versus star trek episode but probably i remember sitting in the theater and seeing darth vader at the beginning of a new hope with stormtrooper next to him on um is it, they're on the Death Star at the beginning, right? Because with Leia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Le, that's that's on the Death Star. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because of yeah, and with Rogue One and everything. Okay, I was just like verifying everything in my brain just now. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing I remember. Mm-hmm. But I do remember that. So because they like around the time of the release of the prequels, they re-released the original trilogy um in theaters i don't remember seeing any of the original trilogy in theaters i also don't remember seeing them until like decently after i saw the prequels for some reason but i do remember the cups with the little character toppers yeah and playing with those character toppers (laughs) i had a little squishy jar jar binks from pizza hut 
Nice. Um, but yeah, so I I remember that one distinct image of seeing a New Hope in theaters, but that's all I remember from it. Um, but the uh, until then, the only after goodness, I can't talk. Yes. The only movie I saw in theaters for the prequels was Revenge of the Sith. Okay. And I believe after that, I was like, and I I didn't really know where it was gonna go because I don't think at the time I realized that they were prequels. Somehow that escaped. Why me. would you? You were a child. I mean. Well, for Revenge of the Sith, I was, I think I was in seventh grade. So I just, that went over my head. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't click with me until a little bit later that uh, he was going to. Were you a small, small 10-year-old? <laughs> no. I I mean, I was one of the shortest kids in my class for sure. Um, but Sorry, no, I was, sure not, we'll... I was not that 10-year-old small. We'll get to that. Um, but... Yeah, so after after watching that, I got really really into it and wanted to. And I watched. I borrowed from my uh, my aunt and uncle the original trilogy and and um, um, episodes one and two, so I could. I I just went back and watched mm -hmm. everything, but yeah, I, I just got super into it from there. But I, until that point, it was just one image of a new hope and then Revenge of the Sith. What? So, what an odd journey you've been on. Yeah. I I honestly don't remember the first time that I watched the original trilogy. I remember um the the first of the prequels very well. Like I remember the experience of seeing that movie. I remember like the aftermath of like I like these toys and stuff. The rest of them I don't I know I saw. I don't have memories of seeing them. I just have seen them. I think the the advertising for Phantom Menace, I, I'm, I'm having trouble thinking of another um, advertising advertisement for a movie that went so hard because the merchandising and advertising for like the marketing. That's I mean, where it I was, was the first new Star Wars in years, and they just went full out for it mm -hmm. i mean it was just everywhere like i remember the pepsi vending machines with anakin with the helmet and everything and i was just like this looks amazing what is this right i mean i knew what star wars was but i was just like what is this new movie well it was also before like the internet was big yeah and so like they had to go hard with marketing to get people to hear about it because you weren't going to have 50 million people dissecting this new movie before it comes out i just remember like a obsessing with this thing i hadn't seen i was just like i have it just seemed like the biggest event in the universe i was mm -hmm. like i have to see this somehow but somehow i didn't for what six years <laughs> i i have a I have a photo of myself man what grade was that it it was middle school i think um but it's me and I have a Padawan braid because I really wanted to wear them for a while. So for a while, I just wore a Padawan braid. My hair was long. I had, didn't have shaved sides or anything like that. Just had the braid down the side of my head, you know, because I was a cool kid. <laughs> and the other thing You'll I never see that photo. <laughs> you can't stop me from trying. I mean, you, you probably can. And I... I, I have all the copies. <laughs> and my parents... Well... My father has agreed to not put up those that time frame of photos. <laughs> uh, We've made an agreement. That's fair. But yeah, I just remember as far as with the marketing, the thing that was very, really striking to me was Anakin with the pod racing helmet uh, and Amidala. I was just like, 
this lady, who is this lady? She's so regal and cool. And with her uh, face makeup was just like, I was just like, who is this? Who is this? <laughs> it's Natalie Portman. She's and, awesome. Yeah. And I, I, my instincts were well-placed. And yeah, I, I was super into, uh, I was super into Anakin. I was like, this, this guy is so cool. And I, yeah, I, I was all about it. But anyway, all that being said, I was really excited whenever they announced that they were going to be bringing them back. Uh, because, listen, no one says the prequels are amazing, even the people that enjoy it. But Have you met my mother? Yes. She likes them a lot. And I do, too. Um, and a lot more than a lot of people, but I, I think... I'm glad that there's a they're having a renaissance. Yeah, and like time is starting to finally be kind to all of them. Really, well, I think they also realize like here's the thing: controversial opinions. The original series isn't perfect. Like it drags in places. It has some like story beat issues, but they're they're good movies and they're fun movies. The prequels are very similar, but the the way that they told stories was much more of, of the time period in which they were telling stories. So the pacing is different. The The structure is different. And it, I think people were expecting what they had with that nostalgia filter, that they yeah. weren't, like, they weren't ready for what they got. The, the prequels seemed to aim for, like, a, a slightly younger crowd than catered to the crowd that grew up with Star Wars. Yeah. You know abs- what I mean? Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's weird... It, I mean, I think weird is the right term for people are just now saying things like, wow, that was really uh, brave of George Lucas to just go in that complete different direction than the other trilogy. Because he, he even said, like, I want to do something completely different, like you like you said. And so it's Well, it's because re- it's about the fall of characters versus the rise of characters. Yeah, but, I mean, like you said, it was aimed at a younger audience, and the, the storytelling and the pacing was just, you know, for better or for worse, it was just different. And Well, well that and I will say the other thing, and I'm going to, again, for better or worse, I'm going to compare it to Harry Potter mm-hmm. for a second because... Um, and I'm going to specifically say tonality in the movies because that's actually where you really see it is when you jump from um, the Chamber of Secrets to, Chamber of Secrets Prisoner, to of Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. It, it's kind of the same thing that the Star, the Star Wars prequels did, which was, you know, Phantom Menace is definitely aimed towards bringing in a new generation of Star Wars fans. And as the movies go on they get slightly more older in tone to the point where you get to the end where you know anakin's a psychotic person and so like you get to grow up with anakin and i think because they it starts on such a young note where you know your main character is a child it's aimed towards people who are going to identify with that kid people weren't ready for it because the biggest generational market for Star Wars was that older generation that grew up with Star Wars when they were kids. Or like, you know, they were younger and they grew up and they were ready for this thing. And so they entered it and they didn't get what they expected having aged with Star Wars. 
And so I think as you get to the last one of the prequels, which I'm blanking on names. Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. You have kind of reached that same level of tonality that you reached in the original series. But people had already decided that they didn't like things. And so now, one, having a nostalgia feel nostalgia filter for the prequels but also being able to view them as a full thing and not as a you know we're dissecting this bit by bit movie by movie expectation wise you're able to kind of see that story and trajectory better than you could when they were coming out individually which i think is another reason why people are coming around and the other reason being people got really mad at the newest movies for being not great and so they're like oh Thank you, well, sequel trilogy, for diverting <laughs> the attention. Uh, you're never going to make me like Kylo Ren. No. Saying it. Except when it's me. Yes. My shirtless anime Kylo Ren. Listen, I have never been more proud of something I've animated <laughs> than that moment. <laughs> Same. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It was my contact photo for you for the longest time. <laughs> it was brilliant. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's just no getting around the fact that we had, since we were at that young age mm-hmm. and we were that target audience, especially for Phantom Menace, um, you know, even though I watched it a little bit older, it was still at least around that time. Mm-hmm. And even though I hadn't seen it, it still got, they still got what they wanted from me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I was also a teenager when I saw Revenge of the Sith. So, you know, growing up mm-hmm. with alongside Anakin. Uh, it, it just, I think, automatically makes it a different experience, like you said. Um, but, yeah, and, and you know, I, I think this was a good time. And, you know, I, I get it. Everything's being rebooted and brought back, and and the nostalgia card is being played more than a draw four card on Uno, <laughs> on Uno night. Well, yeah, because you can only do it four times. <laughs> uh, but, you know, this one is, like with... Uh, Batu at Disneyland. I'm like, hey, listen, it's nice to see Disney spend some of its money sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I for one, am like, this is a this is a nostalgia feast that ultimately worked for me. And you know, I I like that since I've gotten older, it's interesting to see these characters as. as they've gotten older and you know i i've seen clone wars i'm currently going through rebels and i, I know say, that there's you know there's a lot of parallels uh that i already know about from rebels that i haven't seen yet um with like ahsoka and you know her interaction with vader and everything but i i'm enjoying the the melding of the animated and the live action uh worlds with within star wars and i i'm really enjoying that those worlds colliding and you know i mean that's straight up because of dave filoni because mm-hmm. you know he uh is involved in both the animated and live action worlds um teeny tiny soapbox for just a quick moment i wish that there were like i love that Katie Sackhoff gets to got to reprise her role um, in the live action. Mm-hmm. I wish there were, I wish that was a bit more consistent with um, the live action counterparts being able to reprise their roles from the animation. Just because you know, I, I feel like 
and because not just because it's the the um, method of uh, the avenue mm -hmm. that I'm pursuing currently, but I, I feel like it's just true that people should respect the art of voice acting more and that they're just as good, if not better than a lot of the, than someone who acts live action uh, most frequently. But yeah, I, I just wish there was more of that, mm -hmm. uh, more of that crossover uh, because it's just, it's also just really cool. I don't know. I was, I just thought because I had seen with Clone Wars uh, in particular with Bo-Katan and having that happen and, you know, it just, it just was really, really a cool moment and a kind of a full circle way of just seeing, oh, cool. They had this character in animation and then they get to be brought to life uh, in, in live action. So I, I hope that as this continues to happen, mm -hmm. that it, at, they at least start from a place of, okay, would this, would this work with bringing the voice mm -hmm. actor in? Um, obviously it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not uh, a one-to-one -one translation. Yeah, it doesn't. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. It doesn't always translate, but at least we can still get it in some capacity, like with, uh, Cad Bane and Boba Fett. Obviously the voice actor, Corey Burton, uh, you know, doesn't look like Cad Bane and, uh, no amount of makeup can really fix that but he still got to do the voice mm -hmm. of Cad Bane. So they had a different actor on set, but Corey still got to do the voice. And to me that, I don't know, it just gives the whole Star Wars universe a bit of consistency. Um, mm -hmm. At least with characters that originated in the, in the animated universe. But anyway, that was a, a big rant, but I I'm just wanted to get that off my chest. But I, I do think also, um, with the animated series, it's the other reason why I think people have a different view of the prequels. Because you have a lot of people who, like, watched the prequels, didn't like them, but were, like, big Star Wars people. So when they, like, Clone Wars came out, when Rebels came out, consumed that media because they are fans of Star Wars and they wanted more. And so they were able to get more story with those characters and I think that that could that also like built more of a love or like okay relationship with those movies. Yeah, absolutely. But, but we're talking about Obi Wan. Yeah, so we we got all of that. We're here. Obi Wan has come out. I I will say like I I enjoyed every episode. I felt like the first one was a little. I that was probably the weakest because mm -hmm. it was just kind of setting everything up and it was a bit slower, which was fine. It was just I enjoyed the the other episodes more. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'll be straight up. I really enjoyed each episode. Yeah. And, you know, well, I don't know. And, Some people are kind of picky and choosy of which ones they like. But personally, I enjoyed all of them. I also just like. I enjoyed the fact that. We all know certain things that can or cannot happen in this series. We know Vader can't die. We know Obi-Wan can't die. We know, spoiler alert, Luke and Leia can't die. <laughs> what? So it, it was interesting to be able to watch a show and not 
know where it was going to be able to be surprised by where it went in different things while still having that knowledge and that foresight of what can or cannot happen. Yeah, definitely. And one area where I think people had a, a preconceived notion that wasn't consistent to our endpoint for the series was I think people were expecting um, a reprise of the Mustafar or Mustafar, however you want to pronounce it, uh, battle in Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. I think people were expecting something on that level. And it's like, dude, I they're mean- both getting old. And that's like where you have to. I, I, I kept saying they need to believably be on track to be on the level of where they are in a new hope where they're just kind of two old men just kind of slapping sticks together a little <laughs> mm. hey i said what i said and it it is what it is and it looks like what it looks like and there's a reason why will ship what they ship and it's a reason there's a reason why space balls exists <laughs> and listen i know people people who go for that ship but I, i'm just like it's not mine <laughs> But I felt like this needed to believably still be on the trajectory of where they are in A New Hope. Because that battle, there is no choreography. (laughs) No. But I also, like, I feel like we do get that. Because we have their fight in episode three. um, Where we do get the, the, uh, the flip, the reprise, um, the of that fight with the fire with vader dragging obi-wan into the fire like to me that was much more emotionally impactful than just seeing them wave lightsabers willy-nilly yeah and i totally agree because and so all of that that i said that they did do i think really effectively and that i mean that was so brutal but so good because well that he just kills a bunch of people in that town yeah i mean Listen, I know everyone loves Vader, and Vader is a great character, but, and even though there are the prequels and everything, Anakin is still, or Vader, uh, we'll get to the the finale later, uh, but Vader is a bad person. Yes. (laughs) And people like to, or sometimes people forget that, and it's like, okay, you you can love Anakin, and that's part of the... The tragedy and the fall of Anakin and the like, rise of Vader, it's like... You can love Vader and know that he's a bad person and not apologize for it. It's the same thing that we were talking about when we were talking about Barry. When they're like, yeah, but like he kills people, but like... <laughs> yeah. No, the end of sentence. <laughs> yeah. He kills people. Uh, listen, he is space Hitler. Like... that that's his point that is the whole point of the empire (laughs) there is no subtlety there um and so i I, you know i i think sometimes people just need to be reminded that like your your love for vader should be as a character as a character but also in a similar vein to like horror movie characters Mm -hmm. like why you love uh freddy krueger or jason voorhees you well, because they can be interesting, they can be dynamic, they can have very complex stories. But there's a difference between, you know, supporting what they do and loving the story that they facilitate. Yeah, it, yeah. Because it's like, you can you can love a character without 
condoning their actions. I, yeah. I think, but I don't think people think that they can. Like, <laughs> I think people get lost in the idea that like I like X Y Z thing, so I have to. That means that all of my beliefs go with X Y Z thing, and it's like, no, because nuance exists. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we can we can kind of start talking about that. I absolutely any people that hated on Hayden. <laughs> you're you're dumb you yeah and dude he absolutely crushed it and his he he chewed up every second that he was on screen and i don't care that we get to see 40 year old padawan anakin it was just so cool to see him (laughs) back like they didn't de-age or anything which i'm actually okay with and it's like we it's not about that no but like man he portrayed so much someone who is like an emotional husk of a person because like and I, and I know we were like we'll talk about the finale Listen, yeah no, we can get we can get there my favorite part of this entire series were was him going you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker I killed him that whole sequence especially like that part with and with like the split of his face and people pointed and out his voice going in and out. Yeah, with the the jump and the mix of Hayden and uh, James Earl Jones's voice, like get the sound editing needs to be up for all of the awards because mm-hmm. that was so seamless and so viscerally effective. That I mean, that is, I would say, inarguably, inarguably one of the greatest moments in Star Wars history. Well, that and it gives so much more hurt and like less obi-wan in the original trilogy where he has that moment of like luke's like you told me vader killed my father and and he's like he did um like it can come across as like sassy old man uh obi-wan a little bit like you know he's the tricky old dude who's not telling you everything this just makes it sad like it adds a whole nother layer of like sad because it it was the moment he had to accept that his friend, his like pseudo child that he helped raise was gone forever, pretty much. Yeah. And the one thing I will say, I wish he had called him Vader and not Darth. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty dorky, but... It was just like... Well, because there's Darth Maul. There's Darth this. His name would be Vader. Because, like, his... It's yeah. like a title. Or at least that's how it comes across to me. I don't know the the lore enough to be like that. No, it's, 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 a, it's a title. Yeah. Like, you're right. So, like, I... I it, it It's him calling him Sir. <laughs> <laughs> but evil Sir. But evil Sir. So, like, it, it's being like, goodbye, Sir. <laughs> it but so i wish he had kind of said vader like that's my only well, critique i i i absolutely hear you but my snarky thing is he's his response to one thing in the prequels was so uncivilized he is a man of uh pro- class proper proper propriety propriety that's yeah that's yes. a word right okay yes that's the yes. word but it's like that was his version of like Good day, sir. I said good day. Yeah. <laughs> I said good day. Yeah, that was... No, it's true. And I I always loved Obi-Wan for his weirdly 
like buttoned upness because <laughs> it he has no reason to be like he has he's at this point where he doesn't need that kind of propriety like the the political game is not playing the same even Qui-Gon is not that buttoned up it's it's legitimately Obi-Wan yeah <laughs> and I'm just like you're such a dork <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why I absolutely love uh James Arnold Taylor and all of the uh, animated iterations of mm-hmm. Obi-Wan because he he he's so good at amplifying that and it's just yeah it just even furthers that it's so funny it's so great I do want to I, I do want to give a try for the Star Wars animated and I've wanted to for a while it's one of those things of like it's on my list of stuff to watch yeah but I don't think not having that like I think that Obi-Wan the series was built for like you've seen the prequels and probably like you've probably seen the prequels you've probably seen the original movies that's all you need yeah and, and even then like there, you can watch it without knowing things there were certain things that i know are you know it, it's there were it adds those. to it if you've if you've seen clone wars and rebels and and, and all of that but yeah it, it was still something that the only like required watching i would say would be the the prequels and it's 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 a continuation directly from that i mean i i would say the required watching is probably the prequels and the original series if you want to get the most out of it the there are like in jokes and stuff like the one i can think of is the reference to the one character where by the end of clone wars um obi-wan hasn't reconnected with him after the war and this is how you find out he lived is like this show we talked about it because it was Which one? when they go into the the place like the base with all the people on the or the base of the lady on the wall is like a picture and like a note from one of the people and he's like he came here and you're like yes he is he's helping do xyz oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and he's like because that's like the first moment he finds out that his friend made it out of the clone wars alive yeah um but i I mean i know the the biggest connection to with the anime itself would be the the grand inquisitor um yes who's like the main villain of of rebels um and so you know we got him and i think we can we can transition to over one of my other favorite parts about this whole series reva yeah she's so cool i i know people were so mad that the grand inquisitor got killed and you know so i'm still on the first season of rebels listen i like the grand inquisitor he's really cool jason isaac is great as it and you know he's a he's an interesting villain but i was at that point i was i was so invested in reva i'm like i want to see where this story goes and also i'm like, like he got his story yeah and it's also like just trust the people a little bit. Wait until it's over before you make also, any snap judgments. He's a bad guy <laughs> in a franchise that's about the good guys winning. I think people were just upset that this character from so many episodes of the show seemingly just got tossed aside. Didn't they do that in one with Boba Fett with the blue guy? I mean, I he kind of got a, a send off, but the the Grand Inquisitor people assumed right away they're like, oh wow, this is they just totally tossed aside a great character, and it's like these are the same people who were mad that Snoke was a clone. 
Maybe. Sorry. I... It was just, it was just, I'm just like, can we stop making the snap judgments? Especially, and that also applies to Riva. And I'm like, And that's over my water bottle for those of you who were like, what's that sound? Everyone was just like, I don't know. I, I liked Riva from oh, the yeah. first second. Cause she I'm like, cool. she's, and, 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 and uh, you knew uh, something was going on with her. Yeah, exactly. A testament to her acting was like, something's, there's something extra going on behind here. And there's, there's, I could sense a motivation past just, um, well, cause it starts I up, want to please Vader or right? I want to be the next or Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, or I want to take over. And, you know, there there was that element of it of, you know, but without... I feel like that was a ruse. Well, I mean, I I, I think um, what I was going to add to, to that... No, 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 you're good. It is, it's both of these things. Mm-hmm. It's her, all of her motivation. Plus, there's that element without them saying it of, um, okay, well, I'm a lady. I have to, like, work twice as hard. That whole thing... And she was like, I did this. And then the Grand Inquisitor, the pasty white dude gets all the credit mm-hmm. and like that element without them really having to say it. Yeah. And, you know, it, thankfully, I, it, there's not really like that element uh, of our world mm-hmm. in Star Wars. Um, but you could see that that, that yeah. sort of undercurrent of. Ugh, I people are taking credit for what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and so I'm just going to keep succeeding because the Grand Inquisitor kind of screwed up a lot for at least for for Vader and Riva's like checking all the boxes and doing everything right, mm-hmm. um, and so I I, I really like that element. But the whole time I was like, something is there's an undercurrent, and I, and I saw pretty quickly early on people were thinking that she was a youngling that survived, mm-hmm. and uh, that was that was my guess as well, but I mean she's still she's so cool. Her lightsaber is really cool. Uh, like her motivation, her acting, all of it is like a plus. And so I was happy that she survived. I'm like, are we gonna get a show about her trying to figure out how to like go on a redemption arc? Listen, they. I was wondering if there was because the timeline is about the right time. Um, I was wondering if there was going to be a cameo or something from uh, Cal Kestis from the Fallen Order video game mm. because it's around that time. And there was even a nod to it in episode four where there was like the little hallway with the water surrounding it. That was a reference to spoilers for that game. When Vader attacks you at mm-hmm. the end, it's like it's almost exactly the same. So that was really cool. Um, well, that and there's a rumor that they may make a, a a show about him. Yeah, so I think that could be a place where Riva could be, come. she could come back mm-hmm. because um, she was part of the the Seven Sisters, uh, which are super cool, and they all have the the Grand Inquisitor has it, um, the the brothers, which they're one of the characters and this was one of the brothers so there's like the brothers and sisters they all have the lightsabers like that Mm -hmm. and they're all really cool and really powerful and everything and i just love that aesthetics but that would be a place if that show happens where she could come back because she would have to face her more immediate past of okay well you were in (laughs) you were part of this group of the the seven sisters and what are you going to do about that? Yep. And it's 
they're not going to just let you go probably so because that's that sounds really interesting to me because it's it's the story we never got with finn yeah about like what are the consequences of no longer doing the empire thing yeah you know with theoretically more drastic things because you have a name that's not just stormtrooper number 67.4 yeah she was she was more deep into the well of the empire she was pretty deep in that so So i i would i would watch that series i like her i like her instagram (laughs) that was those are fun yeah i uh i don't know if you can find it like on her highlights or something i don't know if it's there but i just loved after watching the finale and all the crap that she got her response was her dancing to backpack backpack and just trolling everybody back it was it It was was hilarious but yeah i'm and connecting that with with obi-wan i that was such a strong scene between the the final scene between the two of them and you know she she's on this quest and then she can't bring herself to uh nullify the original trilogy by killing luke um but yeah that that was just all really good that's how we find out luke's been a clone the whole time oh man but yeah that was really really strong i also in the nature of luke and leia i did not look up almost anything going into this show for you know not for specific reasons of like avoiding all the analysis and stuff like that i was just like i i don't need to know going in did not know it was going to be a story about him and leia makes so much sense as a story about him and leia <laughs> yeah. because we know they know each other before then because that's why she asks for his help and like it makes so much sense i don't know why it never occurred to me it makes me so sad for all the leia organa we haven't got so this child is perfect give her her own show about leia organa doing whatever the heck leia organa has been doing leia and lola shenanigans Layla and Lola in space. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that. Did that. and uh, we looked it up. She is. She is. She's ten. ten. She is ten. She just. She was probably nine when she filmed it. Yeah. So she's, she's so small. She is so small. S M O L. And I'm sure you know when they, and if they do something with her again, she will hit a growth spurt. She will do like the actor who played harley in iron man 3 (laughs) well she actually reminded me like very strongly of uh the the girl queen from game of thrones who's now going to be the last of us oh yeah like Uh, bella ramsey yeah she reminded me of her like a ton because i'm like you're a child you understand the gravity of the situation that you're in you're doing like hella acting right here and then you're gonna just get a growth spurt and get a show Yep. And they also look kind of, they also look alike. They have a similar vibe. Yeah. Similar cheeks. Yeah. And, and, you know, paler. But listen, I, the other thing that I, I have to talk to praise is I, I liked, the, uh, she couldn't do any of season two of Mandalorian cause she was off doing this, but Deborah Chow directed every episode of the show and like, the directing is mwah. and listen her and bryce dallas howard have knocked it out of the park every mm-hmm. time and give star wars to the women or you know female identifying 
non-binary, whatever. Just give it to new hands. That's what I'm learning is like, how do you make me invested in Star Wars? You give me some actual ladies who get to do things. And listen, and it, no offense to maybe a little offense to Ron Howard, but I mean, he, he jumped in at the, you know, to salvage the, the solo movie. He came in later, but listen, and he, he, he has some good movies here and there, but uh, yeah, his daughter did a lot better of a job, at least with Star Wars. Well, it, it's also, and I will say this, as has been a continuous thing with Disney Plus, Disney Plus is doing a much better job about diversifying and deepening storytelling in their franchises than the movies. And they are just lining them up for reasons for me to just ignore the <laughs> movies that you put out and just watch Disney Plus. Yeah. Because right now the dis the like the discrepancy between the two is just that gap is so wide. <laughs> and I like I don't know what the next Star Wars movie is. So I the next one that is supposed to happen is an untitled Taika Waititi movie. Okay, maybe that will be better. I don't know. I but I will wait till then to really judge how like Star Wars is going. Yeah, they so they're going at least the plan from here are, for and for now is that the movies are going to be more one-offs mm -hmm. and just, you know, kind of like well, Rogue One and Solo, we're still connected to the other things, but they're they're doing more just like standalone films. Yes, that's what I was what I meant to say. So like, I'll I'll hold my tongue a little bit on that, but like Marvel has is proving to be that way, and I'm hoping Thor will prove me wrong. Um, but it, I am getting so much more out of the Disney Plus series than I have gotten from a lot of the movies in a long time. In, in the in the parts that matter to me and like this is this is not to say that this is how everyone feels but like for me i i get diversity i get you know more ladies telling stories both in front of and behind the camera i get deeper stories about characters that i like that we get to sit with for a longer period of time T stuff like that is what i enjoy yeah and when i was in college i was known as the movie guy because i had so many movies and i love movies and i, I mean, do I do love movies like I really do, but I've just I mean, you know, there there's the thing that everyone says, which is true. Like we are in the golden age of television. There's so much good television content. And and I've realized that that's something that I I am gravitating more towards myself. Is I like the same thing as you and getting to digest and learn more about characters that I enjoy rather than, OK, we got to wrap this up in two hours and it's such a i mean when you think about it, just like a bite-sized mm -hmm. version of uh, or you know just a small portion of these characters and I, I think there's so much more room to get a lot more nuance and depth in, in a television show even if it's a limited series mm -hmm. like like this and limited series can mean many things can mean that the next one just has a different title yeah i mean i i I'm pretty sure they're going to do something else with Wanda in a television format. It just won't be 
WandaVision. I know, but that makes me annoyed because I'm like, so you do that to to the movies that the most people will see and give me all this development to the thing that not as many people will see. Like, sure, many, many millions of people will watch this show, but that doesn't negate the fact that the thing that more people will see is where you screw things up. I don't, I really don't like that. And it's not just a Wanda thing. It's just like an in general thing. I really don't like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's true. And yeah, I mean. Because it's a cop out. Yeah. I thought I had something to add, but not really. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anything else about Obi-Wan? Because I know that this this became like a little bit of our review of Obi-Wan and then just a big talk about. I mean, I, I. Yeah, I mean, it's. One of the I, here's one one thing I'll say, and you know the I, I disagreed with some, but I agreed with a a lot of the things that uh, Dan Merle said in his review, where he and he mentioned specifically that when you bring back these legacy characters mm-hmm. and bring back these characters after a s- certain amount of time, if done poorly, it can like retroactively ruin your opinion or enjoyment of those characters from in previous things or in the content that you previously enjoyed and so this was a case where it was done well and it just it added and it didn't feel and ultimately i strongly feel like this was an instance of something where it did matter and it did add to the overall like mythos of these characters rather than like it served a purpose and all of it felt like it mattered it also none of the connecting threads to the prequels to the original series felt forced you know what i mean (laughs) but like the fact that he's this is why he and leia know each other the fact that like we get the reason why he says vader killed his father the you know seeing how luke actually ends up talking to him um like all these little connective tissues all felt grounded in the reality of this world that we're watching versus like fan service yeah and uh i i think that was that's one of the most interesting things about this is actually not not only just like you know seeing the the characters from the prequels but i really liked more than actually rogue one did this a lot too where they actually succeeded in what it means in the overall story but uh mostly like how it connects to the original trilogy Mm -hmm. and what it means and like adding that layer of context because it just it just furthers the character Obi-Wan of when you think of why he says what he says and or what he doesn't say because like he is his um, withholding of certain things from Leia makes a lot more sense but it also is applies to Luke and mm-hmm. what the information that he withholds from Luke and you know it, it just deepens that and like you said, it's it's tragic and it's sad, but it just it also makes it that much more 
poignant. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And then there's Qui-Gon at the end. <laughs> there's Qui-Gon is just like a... Hey. Hey. That, that, that was the most random cameo. I'm like... <laughs> that may have been... The Force Girls may be the only Force thing. But, I mean, we, we were expecting it. And we know that is something that happens in the in Rebels and, like... So, like, like, I get that they're kind of leading into that sort of thing. It, it's just more that, like... And sure, it, it's cute that he's like, I've been here the whole time. You just weren't ready to see me. But it's just, like, very weird to just be like, Qui-Gon, you're here. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, were you just hiding behind a rock? Or you just, did you bury your head in the sand, right. literally, but also translucently? <laughs> I know. So, like, I think in this whole series, that was the only part that felt a little, you know... Hokey? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I really liked it a lot. Um, and I... So, one thing I... One of my final things I wanted to say was just... It was really cool seeing Obi-Wan reconnect to the Force... Mm -hmm and where he gets to just pelt vader with rocks but I, I was honestly unsure if it was in their final confrontation if obi-wan was going to win or not because it could we know that he neither of them would die but it was like who's going to win this fight mm -hmm. and i honestly was expecting vader to win and but i mean when he did the whole thing and buried him <laughs> he had the high ground <laughs> But gave it up so he lost but whenever he buried obi-wan i was like okay that's not the end of this fight this mm -hmm. is not the no the, that's not the emotional climax i i think i think vader had to lose because they had to have the final moments of obi-wan and anakin and the only way they were going to get that is if that mask of vader fell yeah. And so I I think he had to lose because Vader was never going to like remove his mask to be like, <laughs> your yeah. friend is dead. I mean, yeah, I, I knew that that was going to have to happen too, especially with, you know, bringing Hayden back and everything. Um, but I didn't know if it was going to be, you know, he almost got me, but I still win. And here's like, here's why you lose and kind of like taunting him while he's on the ground or something. But it was... I, I think this was this was absolutely the the better outcome. Well, I don't think. Again, I think Vader had to lose, because Obi Wan couldn't kill him. Vader would have. Like yeah. Vader would have straight up murdered Obi Wan because it's his it's his last real emotional tie. Yeah, that's fair, and I mean he's chasing him all over mm -hmm. the galaxies to. Yeah. <laughs> to, like. He yeah. wouldn't have stopped. Yeah. No, that makes that makes perfect sense. But yeah, I, I, I just I, I can't get over that that whole bit was it, just It's so good. Uh, All the awards. Yep. And everything oh my my final thought was damn it, you and McGregor, because he was the first person to make me cry in a movie, because he made me cry when I saw the impossible. Um and he made me cry in Obi-Wan because the look on his face when, you know, he he realizes that his friend is gone. And, you know, that mix of um, sadness, but also a somewhat of a sense of relief. And the it, it almost frees him and allows him to be a little bit more 
lighter in, in in nature to like how he is in in a new hope because he has he's able to relieve himself of that guilt mm-hmm. and so I, I think that's a huge thing and yes it's it's very sad and very emotional but it also is uh cathartic for for him because he's able to finally let go of the guilt that he put on himself mm-hmm. i agree yeah. it was good it was, it was real good i think you should go watch it yeah is that it yeah i'm tired now that was a lot it was this was much deeper of a conversation than i was expecting when we started being like let's just talk about obi-wan listen there's a lot of stuff that's surface level but obi-wan has a lot of depth and thank you deborah chow yep thank you and thank you for listening to this episode of Talk Nerdy to Me Baby. <laughs> you can find us all across the internets where I am A. Marie by the Sea on all of the things. I'm Curious Crusader. On all of the things. And we post uh, podcast episodes most Tuesdays. And you can find us or every on... every other. Most, most every other. Most every other Tuesday. And you can find us on all of your favorite podcasting apps. Please share this with someone else you think would, you know start a, if someone you want to start a conversation about obi-wan or star wars with uh share this episode with them because this is a good uh icebreaker for that kind of thing i think yeah and it yes oh i i, I was i had a, a closing statement go may the force be with you always bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs>